Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Oh my God, brother, how are you? <laughs> Good. Um, We're on video, and I know that you guys can't see Nick at the moment, but I think something weird's been happening. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you want to tell me? Um, well, yeah, there's a couple things I would like to tell you. One of the things, though, is I will start with my daughter decided that she wanted to give me a makeup. I'm sorry, a makeover today with makeup. And I uh, didn't tell her yes at first, but then she's like, please. And I melted like an ice cube in July. So, yes, I look like a clown. <laughs> I got to tell you, when we when we log in, it takes a, it takes a minute. I'm going, well, maybe it's the maybe it's the monitor. Maybe it's the no, no, that's his face. Yeah, it is definitely my face. I am uh, I'm covered in, in rose and blue and I've got glitter on my eyelids and I have mascara on and I had lipstick on, but it went bye bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will say this is the first time I've ever seen my brother show up to our recordings dressed up in this manner for like, our show. I'd like to say it'd be the last, but it probably will happen again. It is really sustainability, so there will be a green. There'll be a green one eventually. I'll come in in green. Fair enough. Well, it has been an interesting couple of days, and your out, you know, your whole look just kind of added to it. There, our family decided to go to the only fair that we've probably seen in over a year and a half, and because the city of Duran had railroad days, the fair right in town. And that was an interesting experience. That's what I heard. I heard that it was a energetic exchange, if you will. Oh, so for many of you who are nowhere near Duran, it is the first kind of celebration in this town for over a year. And I think everybody in the surrounding area has been waiting for something to do because we took the kids down there and figured, well, We've got masks. We've got, you know, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. We'll just at least get out. Let's go see what we can do. And I'll be darned if about halfway through that day, someone's yelling gun and everybody scatters. Talk about 
Talk about the thrill ride that you didn't want at the fair. So when you say gun, are you talking about like a really tall, sleeveless man with amazing biceps? Well, okay. So first of all, that first one, there was lots of those. It was warm outside. You know, people people had their guns out. But no, someone someone got into a confrontation the first time everybody's been able to get out since COVID. And you go, there's always one, right? Yeah, there is always one. But I mean, you know. I mean, it's the, it's almost summer. Sun's out, guns out. Maybe that's not what they meant, but you got to figure there's been a lot of time for people to to work out by themselves, stuck at home. But instead, they're just pent up. They're aggressive. They got energy. They need to they need to express themselves. Well, I got to thank everybody in the city of Durand, the the police officers, the the sheriffs, the Shiawassee County, and the state police. Man, they were there in seconds. Had that place taken care of, had the people removed within seconds. There was three off-duty officers directly next to the kid who decided to make poor choices. He barely even got to move before he was on the ground. Everything was disassembled. So you know, hats off to. Everybody in the law enforcement community in this area, man, it was done and over in seconds. Most of the damage was from everybody kind of scattering, but it was it was a little fearful for a minute. They had the place quarantined. They blocked everything off and brought everybody back. Well, that's and that's actually kind of a thing of beauty. You know, it is a tremendous undertaking what you know our men and women, our boys in blue, if you will, under undertake and. As a person, I am eternally thankful for the people that do those kinds of jobs. Those servicemen and women do a service to us that I, I've never been brave enough to uh, to do. The sad part is, and you already touched on this, is that in those situations, more often than not, and this isn't you know a constant, but more often than not, most of the damage and the injuries come from the rest of the crowd panicking because while those few people that got there, they're trained to deal with those situations, the rest of us just don't want to die. And for some reason... Every one of us, every single person is an intelligent human being. When you get us together, we are just a flock of birds flying away. Right. Well, and it made me start think about we're going to have to do a show about social sustainability. As I, I've got the younger children handed off to the wife and everybody's leaving the area, I had to go back and find my older son. And your body starts saying, no, this is a terrible idea. You're supposed to go yeah. with everybody else. But, you know, that feeling, that adrenaline, Imagine being the officer. That has just got to be a tough way to be able to refocus and do your job while all these emotions or adrenaline, these these evolutionary traits are just passing through you. And it to me, it's, it made me start thinking about all of our personal responsibilities, because today we're talking about corporate social responsibility. Yesterday made me think a lot about our responsibility and how each individual is supposed to work in a sustainable community. And I think we're going to have to put that on the agenda for an upcoming show. I agree. And I think we should, I think we should call it, it takes a village. And I think that is a perfect explanation as to what that phrase actually means, because as a community based species, as a hive species, which we are, whether you want to look at it like that or not, a city is a hive, a community is a hive. Like we all work together to exist. There is a lot of things we do that are based solely in reciprocity. You raise, treat people the way you want them to be treated. It's not because you want them to be nice to you, but it's a it's a social agreement. It's an unspoken social agreement where you treat people in a manner that they would 
treat you back in the same way so things are civil as animals we have in all of us the capacity to do terrible things but that the reciprocity that that social fabric is what keeps us all civilized and doing the right thing and moving forward in life instead of going backwards but i'm going to stop because that's for the next episode we're going to do later on and well, and some of that parlays over so i started you know i i think i've said this in the past is that in older generations, years ago, 50s, 60s, 70s, there's always been a divide of some kind. But there was always kindness to each other. There was always like my grandfather. He's the guy who said, you pull over and change that tire for that stranger. If someone needs something, you help them get it. If it's the last one you have, you might not be able to give it, but you can help go find someone who can. And it is our social responsibility to help others. And it seems like, and I have like a, a, a line in my head in the 80s where that all changed. And and I always called it the Gordon Gecko Greed is Good line, although that movie is a little beyond it. It was in, what, 87 or so? I think so. But that was the mindset. The mindset changed. It became getting items, having stuff, you know, so that Wall Street mindset just kind of leaked out of business into us. But even businesses who wanted to be profitable weren't always necessarily destroying everything around them. Don't get me wrong. Many did. We had rivers that used to catch on fire, but it wasn't as blatant as after the 80s. It was prideful to be out for yourself after the 80s. That's where I'm looking at this corporate responsibility section because it's that's changing. We've looked at 40 years of the business believing they can do anything they want because, hey, we're going to get you some kind of retirement. You're just going to have to stay and tough it out. In corporate responsibility, that whole mindset is changing. I agree. And I want to touch on something that will honestly probably ruffle some feathers. And I want people to understand that it's just my opinion and that I obviously don't mean a hill of beans to anything, but I'm going to give this a shot. Some point, like you said, in the 80s, people stopped treating people the way they want to be treated and started treating them in a reciprocal way of the way they were treated. They started taking out frustrations and, and negative actions that were done to them on other people. And when you repeat that, when the cycle moves forward like that, nothing good comes of it. They say, you know, eye for an eye. Well, if everyone's an eye for an eye, eventually the world goes blind. And I am the one hit wonder kid when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like I have phrase after phrase, but because I have to try to explain this in a way that makes sense to me and makes sense to other people. But that's what I think what we're looking at here is corporate responsibility because consumers are now coming together. They're now making decisions. That when a corporation defines corporate responsibility, they literally say it is to help a corporation stay competitive, which is not what you expect to hear from them. To them, it's cost cutting or looking for different materials. But when the core companies talk about it, not everybody does at the moment, but when they do talk about it, they believe it is a matter of staying relevant and competitive. They don't want to fall into the Sears model and evaporate over time. So what you're saying is it's a greenwashing way. So they solid for doing something good, but they just want to stay in business. That is a large chunk of them at the moment. And remember, doing something right for the wrong reason still results in a right. So it is okay in my mind. So yeah, there is a handful of corporations who do it and mean it. Many... They, they still have that old mindset. They don't know any different. They're just using the words without any kind of backing. They, it, it's part of that learning. But again, if you do something right for the wrong reasons in, in, in business, 
it still is the right thing. Walmart is one of the largest consumers of solar panels. They use it to lower their cost, but every panel they put up is less coal, oil used, natural gas used. So they're doing it for financial gain. They're also subsidizing those co those companies that make the panels. So every time they retrofit another building, those panels become cheaper. So I, I still truly believe that doing the right thing for the wrong reason still reaps the right result. As long as they're actually doing something and not just using phraseology to, uh, you know, smooth over a bad situation. And I agree with what Walmart does with solar panels is about the only redeeming factor that company has in my eyes. I'd love that about them. But there is lots of opportunity for business out there because I don't think when I was in college, they were starting to teach a corporate social responsibility formulas in business classes. And it was still confusing a lot of people. And I don't think a lot of the professors fully understood. I think they were just running the material through. Mm -hmm. But at least it's getting an education now because there is a cost. And you do see it in old companies. They slowly become irrelevant because they have this mindset of, oh, well, how many companies out there, especially right now, who are usually noted for being some of the lower wage corporations, having a hard time getting employees? And their mindset is, oh, well, you're going to do it because you, we, you need us. Mm. And I think society has decided there's other ways to live. And that's going to, to rattle those companies. Well, it, it should rattle them. If nothing else, it should knock them down. Because it's there's a certain way of doing business back in the old days where the mentality was that the you know, employees needed the business so the businesses could get away with murder, you know, metaphorically speaking. Well, that's changed. People are starting to wake up and realize that there's a lot of other jobs out there. And if they're not going to be treated accordingly, someone else will be happy to have them. There's even some people who are learning to live off the land and have and they need less. They're experiencing more and working and saving less because they're not necessarily stuck to this pay per month model. And yeah. as that happens more and more, it, just like we talk about realistic sustainability, almost everything we talk about is a cost reduction or mm -hmm. a way to help others find cost reductions. And we're, we're re reducing consumption, all of these, unfortunately, and I've had said to me not horribly long ago, is a direct attack on capitalism. This, yeah, that's kind of the way it looks. I don't think it's a direct attack on capitalism. I just think it needs to be a shift of culture. You know, one of the things that popped in my head when you were talking about old companies is, have you ever seen the movie Billy Madison? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. At the very end of that movie where they're doing their, their academic decathlon thing and they have to do like this speech or whatever he's doing. And he does the little puppy and he gets called stupid. And then the bad guy gets business ethics and he, he he's like business ethics. And he does it two or three times. Then he gets angry and just pulls the gun out. That's a great great metaphor for the way that wall street and the most of the business world has worked the last 25 30 years yeah it's the, there's even occupy wall street when that happened it was it was a joke then it hurt them a little bit so then they said nice things and then everybody went back to work and nothing changed but yeah. here we are and this sustainability is picking up 
this is something even in my town they're using the term they're asking how can we use less when they're looking at any of the projects that we're doing we're looking at what can we is there something we already have we can use you know so this isn't something corporations can can really battle because it's become it's going back to that grandma grandpa feeling you know how they operated i personally welcome those changes i want more of a small town feel to life to come back to all of us. There's countless times I've complained about big aspects of uh, farming and and that kind of stuff. I think they should be small, tight-knit communities that do what they can to help each other. As a kid, I used to hate that everyone in my hometown knew who I was. Now I love it. I love saying hello to people. I do too. And that's why we're pushing for walkable cities. It puts people back in front of people. So there are models out there now that are starting to make it into universities and community colleges, and you can Google them. For example, Carol's Pyramid of Social Corporate Social Responsibility. It's just a stacked idea of how businesses are supposed to run. For an example, it still has to make money. It still has to be profitable enough to take care of the company itself, its employees, and its shareholders. So economic viability still exists. And you have to still exist because that's just how the system is run. Unfortunately, we're on this infinite growth model of business, and they still do have to uh, fit in with the rest, especially if you're going to be publicly traded. Yeah, absolutely. From there, it goes to the legal responsibility. Next step, don't break laws. If, if, you're, if you're not supposed to dump things in the ocean, don't dump things in the ocean. Stay within the parameters in which you are given. Uh, function within the regulations that are allowed. So the first two steps really should be par for the course, although I think some miss the mark at least by the second step. Most likely. The third step is where it starts to get a little different, which is their ethical responsibility, taking care of their employees, taking care of their suppliers, taking care of their distribution chain, and looking at those as partners in the business and not necessarily a branch of exploit to exploit. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses fall incredibly short in that one. And the bigger the corporation, the worse it is. Now, I will say a lot of the corporations throughout this pandemic, places like Walmart and Costco and stuff have, have stepped up um, and they're starting to pay their employees more and they're starting to offer better benefits packages and better hours. And they're, they're actually making like blatantly obvious improvements that people are noticing. I mean, it's all over social media, but there's still so many different aspects of, of business and, and examples that you can find anywhere that are just not treating their employees right. You and I were talking about this before we even started the recording about like all these these low wage paying food establishments and, and fast food and different types of businesses that, that don't pay much are struggling to have staff now because they don't treat their employees right. Unfortunately for for their employees. Those people miss the model. And I don't mean, when I say those people, I don't mean the employees. I mean the business owners don't understand that their employees take care of their business. So their their sole responsibility as a business proprietor is to take care of their employees. That is your only responsibility. You take care of your staff. They take care of your business. Yeah, I absolutely agree that. That is, and I think, again, I think a big chunk of that started, and maybe I'm wrong in the 80s, that personal greed. Because I know individuals started to make that change because i i remember that as a kid 
the greed is good. The guy, you know, the person who dies with the most toys wins. There was T-shirts and bumper stickers and all this, all these cheap goods were coming in and they could buy all these things. And it, it felt like they were replacing important aspects in life with things. And that's where corporations were able to hold people in place. You need to, you need these things. You need us for the income to get these things. I mean, they, they also used retirement, but that was really a short period in history. Yeah. I mean, the concept of retirement is a blip. Like even the people who got retirement, it was like the second generation did not. <laughs> that was such a yeah. short moment in time. Well, you're right. And there's something you you said that I don't think people even realize. But you said and the most important thing, the most telling thing you said, I'm not sure if you realize, is uh, bumper stickers and T-shirts. And you know what that means? People were marketing the greed. What, that, yeah, they, they, they bought were, the but... greed. They bought it to market it. <laughs> yeah, they did. But what that means is they turned something heinous and terrible into a socially acceptable joke. They, they found a comedic way to deliver you poison that you brought into your home willingly, incorporated it into your culture, and changed the very direction of society because they found a way to make you a worse person. As a whole, if you want to instill change in people, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can yell, you can scream, you can do anything you want to out of aggression, and 90% of people are going to ignore you. A few might follow you, but if you can make someone laugh and make them remember what they thought was funny, it eventually becomes part of who they are. And well, and I didn't, and I didn't think of that when I said it. I that didn't even cross my mind. Humor is the best medicine. To cure or cause a problem. I, I don't know how else to say that. I, I had this very conversation with a guy I used to go to I'll Take that back. I didn't go to school with him. We grew up together. I found out through a post I made that he was not impressed with, that he is a vegetarian. And his exact words were, jokes about things and people suffering are unacceptable and terrible and should not be allowed. And my response was, and I, sh I should not have said exact words. I, I might have gotten some of that wrong. But I did tell him that in order to bring attention to things that you want to change, you have to do it in a socially acceptable manner. And no better way exists than humor. And in and, and that way, you know, there's there's no more honest people in the world than stand-up comedians. They're fearless. Some of the things, that, I mean, not all of them, some of the things they talk about, they will take out a bull verbally if they can. I mean, look at George Carlin. He's a perfect example. He didn't give a darn tootin' about what anyone thought. He said what he felt to be true. You said he, darn tootin'. I'm trying not to swear, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took on corporate greed. He took on stupidity, ignorance, religion. He took on anything he picked a fight with, and he took it on through humor. So you fast forward 30, 40 years, 10 HBO specials or so, and what do you have? You've got a lot of people my age, your age, that remember a lot of his skits and can recite them word for word because they made us laugh and we liked it. Well, and, and again, I, it's not something I really thought of is because I've always said if you're watching something and it's attempting to make you angry, understand that's a manipulation. The easiest people in the world to manipulate are those you make angry. Yeah. But I never thought of the flip side of the long term discussion of the mindset change by using humor. And that's a possibility. You know, now I do believe that movies and music also do the same, not necessarily with humor, because, again, Wall Street wasn't a funny show or a funny movie. 
those Wolf of Wall Street kind of shows never are. They're not funny. They make you feel superior. When, if you're the person on top crushing the person below you, you are superior. And at no point are they promoting any hand in hand. And that's, and I, it, corporations, I think, fed on that, took advantage of that, that if we give you a little more, now you can identify as a better person. Now you have to do even more for us because we've allowed you to be a little bit higher on the food chain, allowing you to say terrible things about everybody below you on the food chain. Well, that's part of it. I mean, I don't doubt that any of that has happened. You could look at our day-to-day life, you know, statistically, if you look at the average person's household, the average person nowadays on the same dollar amount lives richer than people did 150 years ago. If by your system of, you know, analysis, you're taking into account the luxuries we have, televisions, air conditioning, all this stuff, but it doesn't make us rich. We're still as broke as we can get because all they're doing is making this junk more affordable than moving the bar just a little bit further and increasing the prices on everything. I mean, corporate, oh God, we could talk about corporate greed for hours. It drives me crazy. But I do believe that's shifting. Remember when Jamie and I went to Grand Rapids and we stayed at that Hilton True? Yeah. And granted, I don't know anything enough about Hilton. But what I do know is enough people didn't go to Hilton because of the lack of sustainability that they built a whole nother line that is a little more sustainable. Smaller rooms, smaller buildings, all these things to draw that business in. Meanwhile, smaller footprint. Well, yeah, you're right. And there is a a very good um, way to kind of frame the notion of on one hand, they have a sustainable line of hotels now. Not because they want to be sustainable, but they're catering to the clientele that they want. So if they want to do business in specific areas, they're going to cater to the clientele that's there. And by doing that, they made a lot of really great choices just to get the business. So that's that's good and bad. That's you know that's the that's great things done for kind of the wrong reason. In 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 search of capitalism, they moved the bar in our direction. Well, and I won't say they're sustainable. I'm going to say they're well more sustainable than the old than the other chain than their other brands and even the true the regular Hilton. They're, they're doing better. An improvement's an improvement. Whether you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. And I will take every one of those inches. But that was a decision because us as consumers chose otherwise. So everybody listening out there, it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard to say I'm just one person. Note, look around. Things are changing based on our decisions. We are moving that bar as little as we are. We, we, We didn't rock the corporate world and give them the idea of corporate responsibility as much as a handful of people on Reddit did to their stocks, but they're being attacked from more than one area. So keep an eye out there because there are things happening and it is work continuing to get more sustainable is changing the way business. I mean, the fact that corporations even have corporate social responsibility in their vocabulary is laughably laughably different than 1980. Absolutely. So, so the last step I'm going to finish off Carol's pyramid here is, and I, me and this word, man, I've been practicing it all day. Philotrophic. It's the philanthropy side of the business. I cannot say that. Philanthropic. Yeah, it's the word I was hoping I'd get at least close enough for you to do it. I have <laughs> sat here for 15 minutes before the show butchering that word. 
I've butchered reciprocity three times today, so don't worry about it. But that is the the final step, which is once you're successful and you're you're successful in all the other steps, that you start giving back to your community in different ways. And that is the final step to Carol's pyramid of corporate social responsibility. There are companies that do that. They do give back, but many give back with you know for tax write-offs. Again, doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, still a good result. Some give back such a small amount in comparison to what they reap in. That's that is uh, embarrassingly angry at times. <laughs> I get upset about mm-hmm. that, but. And that isn't the only model that was out there. I learned in college the triple bottom line. So anything I do, obviously not this podcast because it's not a a thriving business. It's something we just love to do. I operate mentally under the triple bottom line, which is basically a Venn diagram that is your social responsibility, your financial responsibility, and your environmental responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a, a three-legged stool in which your business runs on. So that, how many times have you seen an ex, a very successful business have all kinds of bad press and terrible problems because, yep, they make a lot of money, but they dump a lot of things in the ocean and get caught. Or they treat their employees like garbage. And here they are on the news every other day. It's balancing those three things just like nature does independently. And there yeah. are there are companies that do it. There are company well, there are companies that are trying it. <laughs> um, Patagonia is always the first one I talk about. They spend a lot of money back into the communities in which in which they work. Now, Patagonia is one of those corporate social responsibility companies that at least thus far with grants for environmental causes and uh, education courses and all these different things, they do a lot with the money they make. And so there are some out there. I have more of them. First of all, I like to say ethic because we've had Austin on the show. I mean, it's exactly what he does. His job is to help point out the most sustainable way to purchase something. That's an excellent add-on for the browser. I really enjoy having that. Yeah, and it's getting better and better every single month with every partner he adds. So that, that I do believe that Ethic fits in this category, so I'm putting them firmly in here. Um, but what is it? Uh, Warby Parker, the glasses company? Mm-hmm. They do the buy one, give one model like bumbus socks grayson my youngest is in love with bumbus socks really he heard them on the myths and legends podcast i think i've sent that to you one of my favorite uh non-sustainability podcast and they're one of the sponsors that Mm -hmm. boy what do you want for christmas bumbus socks the nine-year-old at the time eight asked for socks for Christmas. That's hilarious. But, and you know what? We don't mind paying a little more for them because they, they do the same thing. They have that social responsibility within their business model. So not only do they sell you a pair of socks, but they also give a pair of socks in many different communities for those needed. You know, they, they're always giving back. So 
there's a, you know a bunch of those companies do the buy one give one there's also ben and jerry's ben and jerry's has been like socially they've advocated for social movements since like the 60s <laughs> they name ice cream after social movements and, and politicians so there's another example they use their 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 earnings in positive ways they do a lot of things for their employees um toms so mm-hmm. there's they do a lot of transparency in their in their supply chain. They work with their suppliers to ensure that they're that they can have full transparency. So there are companies out there that are working very hard to fit this corporate social responsibility. And I and I tell people these companies because we 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 sh- we have to balance where we shop. If I have the opportunity, I will be getting some Bombus socks. Uh, my my stepfather says, and I quote, because he heard this from us, it's like having puppies on your toes. I believe that was part of their commercial. Uh, puppies on your toes? <laughs> which I say they have very uh, sharp teeth. But Good old stepdog, I love them. <laughs> so, the... I will be doing that when giving opportunities. I want to support those companies because that's going to help move the bar for these other companies who aren't getting my money anymore. Always reward good behavior. I mean, Lego, for an example, is changing their plastics to a a plant-based, plant-based biodegradable plastic. Maybe it'll be softer. So it doesn't hurt so much. (laughs) Well, they're never going to be like the pillows. They will never be like puppies under your feet. Oh, no. Actually, they do feel like a puppy on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts so bad. But Levi Strauss, because they use so much water, so much potable clean water in their processes, is now purposely creating a closed-loop cycle for their water so that they're not stealing the public water supply they're taking that cost upon themselves to recondition the water instead of just dumping it and taking fresh water because they they know it's public they know it's out there and this is an opportunity to save them a little bit of money and let everybody know they care so uh i'm not going to go through them all but like gap who has been known for fast fashion which is a absolute disaster for the world is now working on more sustainable practices just the fact they're trying is nice google google is a uh, has been carbon neutral now for at least a year and plans to go carbon positive the amazon amazon is trying to become carbon neutral but they're not they're they're working on it because once you start looking at their supply chain and their uh, delivery methods it becomes a little more challenging, but they've got the money. They're going to invest it in green solutions, which, mm-hmm. again, puts money into these companies, helps subsidizing it, bringing the cost down for the rest of us. And Microsoft. Microsoft does wonderful things with their money in most cases. That is another one with Bill Gates, who with the Gates Foundation does a lot of great things for people. These are all social responsibility actions are they always at the level we hope they'd be? Not always. But these are companies that are putting in the time and at least trying to get there because they know we're going to start changing our purchasing habits. 
that we're going to start looking that when I see a pair of Hanes socks and a pair of Bombo socks, I don't care if it's a little bit more. I'll just buy less socks and use these more. And they know it's coming. Well, I think that when... Let me start that over. I think that as this change in culture, the shift in our day-to-day life happens, you're going to see this in a lot more places. And see, I think what a lot of these corporations are counting on, the ones that aren't so quick to change, is the uh, the amount of people that have um, a lower income. Because there is a point where a lot of people aren't going to pay more because they can't afford it because that 2 or $3 difference means the world to them. And as culture changes, as their livelihood hopefully changes, as they get a better job, they'll start to have a little more flexibility and be able to make better purchases and, and buy something a little nicer, a little because they want to support a better company, because they want to support maybe something even made here in the U.S., something made with sustainable practices. And as that happens, as the change in culture kind of starts to come full circle, we're going to see so many, so many corporations that are going to flounder. And they're going to freak out and they're going to look like a slug that you poured salt on because we're going to hit them where it hurts. We're going to hit them in their pocketbook because they've done business for so many years their way, doing it the wrong way, you know, abusing, you know, their clientele by taking advantage of the fact that people can't afford to get anything better. Well, times are changing. Um, There's a great Bob Dylan song called that. And if you even, you know, it was written probably 40, 50 years ago. It still rings true. Listen to this song. It, uh, it makes a dent. Well, and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the lower tiers of corporate ethic companies are the ones who really not only fight to keep wages low, but donate millions and millions of dollars into politics to keep wages low. Because you're right. You're absolutely right. If you keep wages right to the floor, no one can step up and help these companies that are doing the right thing. And it's the same companies who fight the the wage, the, the wage raises. They promote the politician who has the rhetoric that fits keeping wages down, calling everybody, you know, every name in the book for wanting more because if they had more, they wouldn't choose them. Yeah. And that's probably the root of it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, it's kind of, and I'm reaching for this one, but, um, one second, my brain's having a brain fart. It's kind of like a how I want to word this a corporate gaslighting. They they they, they destroy like in terms of the and the press and the media. They put so much negative publicity out that destroys you know these things people want to work for. Like right now, how many things you see in the news about? you know, um, unemployment and then you see social media, people like, you know, being, you know, they need to get back to work and blah, 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 blah. Why? Because they want something better because they spend time at home and discover that they like their families and they want a better job that allows them to spend more time with their family. Like, why is that so bad? And I say that because these are the same people that are, that are running them into the ground and trying to alienize, alienate them and bastardize, you know, that mentality. Like, I 
And I'm just going to say it. I had this conversation with our father on a trip to Grand Rapids the other day. I told him the truth. I said, you know, COVID opened my eyes. If it did nothing else, of all the tragedy that came from this terrible time in our life, it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I just assume were true that aren't. That I don't have to live life a certain way. That I can do something better. I can reach out. I can reward good behavior from other people. I can help make a difference in this world for my family and for others. And that I'm not just trapped, beat down in the place where, you know, that's just where I am. Middle America. Like, no, we're all capable of doing so much more. Don't listen to those people, those naysayers. I want to keep you in your in your place. Don't believe that. Stay in your lane. If you listen, unless you're driving a car, stay in your lane is irrelevant. Like. You have a wide, <laughs> o- you have a wide open life. Go and do something. You see a, a company doing something amazing. You want to support them. You maybe you can't do it now, but I want you to write write that company down. And as soon as you're in a place financially where you can order that shirt or buy those socks or maybe even just get a bumper sticker, anything you can do to support them and help them reward their good behavior, do it. Step up and say thank you for existing. You know, thank you for doing what you do, so I can finally help. Yeah, it's time for the fossil like thinking to go away because it, the 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 idea they sold, I, I always say myself, my parents, that never that was never a thing. It was fictional that, oh, if you're miserable for 40 years, we'll take care of you for the next 20 or, you know, it really turns out always to be the next 20 or less is not acceptable. And Jamie has opened my eyes on a lot of this stuff. I work a lot. Now, granted, right now, I'm trying to follow in your footsteps and create something for myself so that I'm not always, always working a job that isn't always as rewarding. I want to be able to do work in sustainability and kids STEM. So I am kind of putting in the hours right now. But living is kind of cool. I really enjoy being part of a community, being around my family and being able to interact with others and not just be trapped in this thing I dislike. And there's a lot of value in the world to people opening up and being free to do the things they want to do. And it bothers me every time I see the criticism. If you're angry with someone because they have something you don't or they're doing something that you can't, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. You work on you. I'll work on me. And in the long run, we'll all turn out in a better place. Well, yeah. I mean, like there is something to be said about being motivated by someone else's success. You know, when you see someone that steered you and they're doing good and they're, they have, they're, they're accomplishing things that you want to do and they have things you want, don't get mad at them or find reasons why they don't deserve it. You find a reason to how to make it happen for you. You step out, okay, well, they can do it, I can do it, and you make the changes to make it happen. You Something you said earlier when you were talking about the, the walkable cities and the edible landscape, you said putting people in front of people. Ironically enough, A, I absolutely love that phrase and when this airs that's going to be the hashtag i share it with um but it's important people are interesting people are the spice of life we're all so different we all have so many quirks and different personality traits that that make our day-to-day worth living like how many times have you had a bad day until you talked to a certain someone or just ran into an old friend and that that five-minute conversation changed your entire day like it 
we're meant to be social. We're meant to help each other. We're meant Absolutely. to have, we're meant to have a social fabric. Absolutely. And before we close, I, I do want to say, since I finished college and have a new job, my purchasing habits do change. I do take the opportunity to purchase from more responsible companies. Just like we've listened to Starting Sustainability, she's got whole sections of her show that are dedicated to putting a spotlight on those companies that do the right things. And I think it's very important that we do that when we can. And if you can't, it's okay. It is okay if you can't. Send them an email. Thank them. Send some kind of positive. Everybody stay on the positive side of sustainability. No anger. You know, don't let's not fight. We stay positive. We work together and we continue to reward because I'll tell you, people can do all kinds of things for this podcast. But when someone says something nice, it makes my day. I'm yeah. immediately feeling better all day long. <laughs> we get some amazing feedback from our listeners on, on social media. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to incorporate with that is don't get angry. And I'm going to say it like this. In your life as a listener, the only person you know is you. You don't know anyone else. They don't know you. You have your own things you have to go through in life, as we all do. This is why this is realistic sustainability. So all you can do is make a better choice every day. You compare yourself to the day before, and you do one tiny thing to try to be better. Do your best and move forward. If you do that, on an incremental basis, you'll be amazed how far you can come. And if you do that and people see you do it, you will set a standard. You'll set a precedence for improvement. You'll, 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 you know, you'll be a trendsetter. People will follow you because they see the positive things you're doing. And there'll be no reason to be angry or be, be frustrated and never go with fire and brimstone. Oh, my Lord, no one listens when you're screaming. Trust me. Well, and I think the only thing that can distract you from that path is judging others and the negativity that you see on television and Facebook that everybody really wants you to get into. The fact is, is every piece of media makes more money when people fight. Yeah. We don't have to give into that. Sustainability is a positive thing. It's a positive movement. It is not a negative fight. We continue, and you know, I'm glad you said it because it's been a few episodes since we discussed it. All we have to do is something slightly better than yesterday. It's not; it doesn't even have to be for ourselves. Just make someone's day better, and we've done something for society, and we've moved us to a more sustainable future. I appreciate you bringing that up because I think it's been a few episodes since it's even been said. That's all we have for you this week. I hope that you've gotten some value from this. If you get an opportunity. Just reward a company, reward a person, do something positive in your circle. That's all we have this week. I'm Mike. I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags, check out Starting Sustainability, the podcast. Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. 
Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week, we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't, so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.